and welcome to another episode of General Nerd Sense, the podcast from Shieldwall Productions, where we talk about anything and everything General Nerd Nerdy, hence the name. And on this episode, we have myself, John. And Jacob. And Jacob, I'm excited for this episode, because we have continuing our tabletop role-playing tear in this particular series. It is time, once again, for us to practice, practice medicine. medicine. Yes, you know and, what time it is, listeners. It's time for another tale of the Doctor. And, and we've had a little bit of a hiatus. My group has, uh, you know... Life happens. It's scheduling problems. Mm -hmm. because School's kicking back up. And mostly just, like, hurting my group of friends is like hurting a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. Cause Tell me about it, Jacob. They, they never know when they're free. Like... Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. But... Regardless, I finally decided to step in because the DM was getting ready to just say, fuck it, we're putting it on hiatus. And I'm like, no, I need the doctor in my life. I've spent too much fucking time planning this. I've got things to do. <laughs> yes. So I, I jumped on and luckily my DM friend was very happy about it. I, I was like, okay, when the fuck are people free? Are you free Saturday? Yes, then you're getting on. <laughs> you made the choice for them. Yes. Because the one thing I've found with my friends is you can't let them make their own choices because they're going to they're gonna continue. They're going to make the wrong ones. Well, they're just going to procrastinate. And, and I understand this because a bunch of them are from high school and, you know, we, we, we procrastinate. That's what we do. Old habits. But, you know, if they're free and they're just going to be playing Dota 2... Robert, I know, Robert and Cuss, I know you, you guys just fucking play Dota, but, you know. Oh, you're calling them out by name, I'm, huh? I'm calling them out by name. All out because you know them. <laughs> so, if they're just going to be doing that and then getting on pissed that they're playing Dota, I don't want to have to hear them bitching. So, they're going to play role-playing games and have fun, goddammit. Mandatory fun! We are having fun! <laughs> so, everyone finally got on for Saturday. Um, and what the DM has decided to do is he has now made the core group of players where as long as those players are free, he's going to have a session. Everyone else, if you want to show up, you can, but I'm not going to plan around your schedules because you're, you're free like maybe one day a month. Right. So, Good. The, the yeah. plot can progress. Exactly. Speaking of which, let's find it. So we left, last left the doctor and, uh, company uh, planning this machine i think the doctor just done something awful with fake alchemy yes so when we left off we had just met with the merchants guild right and more or less we were requesting a bunch of iron which we're kind of stealing and then we're giving it to the revolution under the guise of turning it into gold exactly and the doctor had also just acquired two new bodies for medicine things research exactly you're gonna poke it with a stick pretty much and a maybe... little bit different this time oh yeah mm -hmm. oh boy so between sessions because it's been a couple weeks i had the wonderful idea of continuing my character's progression down the chaotic neutral path good so with chaotic neutral there it's it's all about me Right. You know, is if it interests the doctor, he will do it. If he doesn't, he doesn't really care. Right. He he's bored. It's it's like Archer. If Archer's not having fun, then Archer, you know, does doesn't Archer care. things. Right. So I have started what I call the whims of the doctor. Oh no. Basically, whenever I have a tiny bit of inspiration or I'm like, huh, that'd be a fun thing to do, I write down the whims of the doctor. <laughs> And I have about seven of these whims so far, and, you know, I'll reveal them as time goes on. But the first whim I wanted to do is study crows. Naturally, because you've got the crow loot table. Yeah. And, you know what? The doctor woke up in the morning, and before he heard anything from the party, he goes into the Lord Mayor's office and requests a vacation. Because he must study the crows, the crows' way of life, where crows come from, 
The doctor is also pretty sure from his research so far that crows hibernate at the bottom of lakes during the winter. That is actually a real medieval theory of oh. where birds went. Right. <laughs> they just, they sleep at the bottom of lakes. Uh-huh. Right. Which is why... Because you're, your, you're actually are basing this character on historical texts and all that. Like historical yes, accuracy am. as far as plague doctors go. Yep. Fair enough. All right. Crows <laughs> at the bottom of the lakes. Fine. He also has a, a slight theory that crows are also are like proportional to the amount of murders in a city. Uh -huh. Because, you know, crows show up after battle. Right. And during battles, there's lots of murders. And in cities, there's more murders. So murders create murders of crows. And that's why they're called murders. Right. So that, that's one theory he has going to. And then there's also like a lord of crows. Naturally. That like there's there's the heart of the crows in the city that just that spawns more crows because I mean do you ever see crows spawning more crows mm -hmm. exactly so he starts to go on vacation um the, the Lord Mayor is like I don't even know what you're fucking talking about but whatever go to you go to you party gets a knock on the door early in the morning. And, um, we get a mission. The mission is that we will be going to a neighboring kingdom to request help for the revolution. Uh-huh. About a week and a half ago, DM was kind of like, I don't know how to take the story right now because <laughs> people are busy. I'm like, I mean, we could always go to a neighboring kingdom and ask for help with the revolution because that's uh -huh. usually what you do. Get out banging the war drum a bit. Yeah. Gathering supporters. So, he liked the idea, and, you know, we're actually going to go help ask, like, the king of a neighboring region, you know. Hey, you want to fuck with your rival? Exactly. Because what do medieval kings love more than, you know, a little bit of false flag operations that sow dissent and Naturally, yeah. destabilize the region? Right. For their own personal gain later on down the line. Exactly. Because I'm sure, you know, like, oh, we'll destabilize the region here, you know, back with these rebels now. And then after they're we weary from this revolution, whatever, we'll sweep in and say, hey, you're not really qualified to govern. Let us give you some some tips and advisements make basically a puppet kingdom. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I have this claim from my wife's father's son. Right. And, um, I mean, it's, it's like a, it's a very weak title. But, you know, if the previous king dies and it's up in the air... You know, you can generally move in and, you know, after a civil war, and kind of plant your own flag. Mm -hmm. So, regardless, the doctor doesn't know this yet. So, care. the doctor has also a shopping list. Oh, no. The doctor goes out and spends pretty much the rest of his money on salt and wooden boxes and hay. Uh-huh. Go on. I, I go in. The DM, like, gives me the price for salt. Because I'm like, I'd like to buy salt. Okay. You know, he's selling, like, small salt tabs. I need, like, 60 pounds. <laughs> I did not have enough money for 60 pounds. I bought 10 pounds. I'll have to make do. So, I buy about 10 pounds of salt. Then I buy some boxes. And I've used up pretty much all of my money at this point. Great. But... I'm not boss. I'm not, a, a, you know, a future-thinking investment man. The doctor needs what the doctor needs. Right. So the doctor brings his supplies back to his warehouse, and he starts to preserve the bodies he's gotten. Oh, boy. So, including taking jars with brains and, you know, gutting and, you know, preparing kind of like mummies you know stuffing them with hay salt yes. spices and herbs and you know putting them in the wooden boxes you know to keep around because mm -hmm. the doctor won't have all the time in the world to do autopsies every day so you know prepares the bodies for long-term storage yeah right and then you know he starts heading over to the party who at this point, you know, after, after you know, they'd gotten the mission and stuff, were just kind of like, what the 
fuck is he buying all this shit for? And then they hear that and they're like, okay. shouldn't have asked. <laughs> gotcha. So it looks like we don't need to buy beef jerky for the trip. <laughs> nice. Gonna serve up some long pig. Yeah, I made that joke. No one got it. Kind of sad. Mm. I got it, Jacob. I made it. I made it for you. Yeah. Because I... Because that's, that's, every time someone says cannibalism, I have to mention Long Pig. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because all of them watch Archer, but none of them get it either. Right. Oh, well. <laughs> They're a loss. Yeah. It's funny to you, and that's what's important. Exactly. And I'm the funniest guy I know. Yeah. We all are. <laughs> so, I head over to, you know, the party. And as, as always, the doctor gives his ominous... Yes, but the doctor, you know, he knocks. Nobody's answering for a little while. The doctor kind of gets lost in thought, thinking about crows. Just staring at the door. Well, kind of like staring off into space a little bit to like the right of the door, oh, upper right corner. And uh, the dwarf opens the door, sees the doctor has not said anything to him, and is just kind of staring off into space. Leaves the door open, doesn't give a fuck, and walks back in. <laughs> That's the reasonable approach at this point. Doctor, see, finally noticing the doors open, comes inside, perches himself on the chair, and begins to just kind of stare at one of the party members, Lucas, who's the, I, I don't know if I mentioned, he, this guy was the guy who played the crazy drug addict from, like, the first little stretch of story. Yeah. When that character died. As crazy drug addict drug addicts tend to he became the map making person and when he had no interest in that character he became lucas the scottish fucking mercenary giant man right who apparently has a 20 in strength and a 20 in charisma yeah he's the highest possible roles hmm and he's actually been role-playing him well, which I'm glad of, because he actually likes this character. And when Good. you like your character... You play them well. Exactly. Yes. Which, it's also funny having him have the highest charisma and the highest strength in the party. Mm hmm All of his other skills are kind of shit. Well. But he, he's a Scotsman. Min-maxing. What else do you need? Right. So Doc is staring at him. Just kind of staring at him, which is making him increasingly more uncomfortable. Understandably. After after a little while later, um, the Scotsman kind of like looks over to the intern who still has the head injury the from last right yes. from last session, and the doctor notices her and decides he's gonna you know see how she's doing, change some bandages, actually properly practice medicine because yeah. this is the one instance where he does. It, it's funny because. As we're going forward, I'm probably just going to be the nicest with medical care towards the intern and not the, like, player staff. Mm -hmm. Like, for, for the guild, it's just, you know, you know the, the low-level interns. They get treated by like shit by everyone else. They've already got it rough enough. So, he changes her bandages. She wakes up. He goes and gets her tea. So he takes chamomile tea, adds some Therac to it, dull the pain, and adds some honey. Gives that to her. She drinks it, feels a little bit better. Then he finally gets her porridge because I'm like, wait a minute. John, to our DM, when was the last time she ate? Because she's been out for like two days. Right. Oh, yeah. Wow. Fuck. Well, mm. I'm going to get her some food. Get her food. And it's funny because increasingly throughout this session... And hopefully for the sessions to come, she's very torn with the doctor. Because I talked to the DM about this. On one hand, you kidnapped and drugged her. On the other hand, you saved her life and sewed her scalp back together. And are the only one to be treating her properly. Exactly. It's like, is monster, but nice, friendly monster? <laughs> she's very conflicted with the doctor. I'm Rightfully sure, so. I think everyone is, Jacob. Yeah, because, and and plus, like, nobody else in the party has talked to her except me and Manolo. Right. Who she absolutely hates because... It's him. I should mention this. 
Manolo has been increasingly becoming more paladin with the amount of religion he is. Oh, good. Yeah, and it's. I like it because it's fun. Mm -hmm. there, it's the rest of the party saying they're like, ah, yes. uh, yeah, and I'm sitting there like, ah, oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So. While while this is going on, Manolo goes out to buy some supplies. The DM says, you know, it's going to be a two-day journey there, two-day journey back. You're probably going to be there for two days. Alrighty. So Manolo goes out and buys some supplies, buys like six days of supplies, takes the rest of the party's money because he's party leader and he's in, entrusted with all the finances and goes to the church and buys an indulgence for his sins. Oh, boy. So, we have been playing a lot of Crusader Kings 2, uh -huh. and one thing I have taught him is, no matter what country you're playing, if you start off as, as you know, Catholic, you, you can kind of, you know, declare a bunch of holy wars if you get enough piety with, like, the Pope. Right. So, he's taken this, and because we have literally played, like, 40 hours of Crusader Kings this week, and he's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to spend the rest of the party's money on an indulgence, and they can't get mad at me. <laughs> and I'm like, clever play. You, I know you're right, because it's one of the most medieval things we've been doing. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, you just he, he spent like 20, 20 copper on food, 95 copper on an indulgence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Could have, you know, split that a bit more evenly. Yeah. Better quality food, whatever. But whatever. And it gets better. Oh, good. So I finally asked the DM, you know, because he, he finally is like, okay, this is the kingdom we're going to. Right. There's a kingdom in between our country and that kingdom. How far is it? Oh, it's going to be about 1,600 kilometers. Hey, John. Yeah. Do you know how fast you can go on horses, right? Hmm. Um... N not not really so i break it down on foot you can go about 35 kilometers a week mm. taking into account your with with like actual full packs and stuff right five days of walking two days of rest mm. you have one horse it, it's about 35 to 70 kilometers depending on your like pace with one horse, you can go about 150 to 200 kilometers a week with resting. Right. With two horses, laying one rest and not carry stuff, and then, you know, riding the other one, you're looking about two to 300 kilometers a week. Got some ground. At the same time, that's still four weeks. Yes. To get there. Yes. DM's like, oh, fuck, I didn't think about that. Ah. Uh. So this turned from a couple-day journey into a very large section of time. Yes. Because we're looking at, like, four weeks to get there, four weeks to get back. Right. Well, no, sorry. Uh, for 1,600 kilometers, it would be um, eight weeks to get there. Uh. So DM decides it's going to be about 800 kilometers, which is still four weeks. Yes. John's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Probably should have made this a bit closer, but whatever. You know, that's why when I recommended to him that we do this plot, it should be the neighboring kingdom, but. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So immediately, we look at Manolo, who just spent all of our money on an indulgence for his sins to the divine light, because we have six days of food. Nice. And he bought the rest of the party really shitty rations and just bought himself the really good ones. Right. Because, like, out of the 20 well, copper... Well, he is a paladin. After, with, out of the, like, the 20 copper he spent on himself... I mean, 20 copper he spent on, you know, the party as a whole, he probably spent about 15 copper on himself. Mm -hmm. So, the DM's like, alrighty, I will give you some more money to buy food. And he's like, you know, I'm just going to spend it on another indulgence, right? <clears throat> and the DM's like, we're going to buy food. And I'm like, John, just give him the rations. Don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't give him... Don't give him the power of choice. Exactly. Don't give him the money. And, and like I said, you don't give my friends the choice. You just give them... You make them. the choice for them. Exactly. So, you know, the, the underground is going to give us the rations, not the money. Yes, because they are <laughs> smart. 
And and even my buddy who's who's playing Manola, Robert's like, You're too smart, Jacob. I'm like, I know how to DM. Yes. Because <laughs> the party probably would have killed him at this point. And funny as that would be, it would rather put a wrench in some of the gears. Yeah. So anyway. So on to the journey. On to the journey. So we get the rations. Now we have to figure out a way to get there because we don't have any horses or caravans or anything like that. It's probably walking. Which turns 800 kilometers into like eight weeks. Eight, yeah. At mm. least maybe 12. So anyway. So we have to try to find party. Well, the doctor decides... He's going to go ask the Lord Mayor. He, you know, asks the Lord Mayor that he has started to devise a theory of crow and uh, requires transportation to this kingdom to study the crows there. And whether, and I remember because I asked, um, the city we're going to is Canterbury. <coughs> yeah, or you know, like Cantry or can Whatever. Something like that. Unimportant. And, you know, I told him that I have a theory that the crows there can carry heavier coconuts than the ones from our city. <sighs> I'm kind of depressed because no one got the fucking blatant Monty Python reference. How? I don't know. <sighs> Your friends are dumb. They don't watch old movies. They're dumb. So, regardless, the, the Lord Mayor saying, I don't give a shit at this point. Gives him a horse. Well, not gives it, but puts it on lease from the city. You know? Right. Bring it back with a full tank. The doctor takes it. At first, they tried to give him, you know, a chestnut horse, but the doctor specifically requested a black horse. Naturally. You have to. Right. So, the doctor at this point is like, well, I have, you know, my fucking transportation you guys are gonna get i guess walk mm. so the party keep up peasants and at this point the party has failed every perception check to try to find a caravan heading over to that place nice the doctor decides you know what i i need some texts to study mm. right and i was like fuck okay i have no money at this point damn it this is gonna kind of destroy one of the whims I had. I was looking through my spreadsheet. For some reason, like, because probably a tiny bit ADHD, I had put one of the items in my, like, inventory on line, like, 50 of my spreadsheet, and I was only looking at, like, lines 0 through 25. Ah. Uh because -huh. I had scrolled down by accident, and I noticed that I still had those three notes for the gold bullion, mm. one of which I had cashed for bullion, the other two notes, which I still had, I'm like, holy fuck, this is like 150 copper. Mm. Fuck yeah. So, cash those out, and then I decide the doctor goes to Voss. Naturally. So, the DM at this point's like, okay, I guess Voss is going to be a recurring character. Mm. <laughs> which kind of funny uh, oh when when your old pc becomes an npc and as long as i'm not interacting with them the dm's been letting me play boss uh, because i play boss the best mm. makes sense so go over to voss and ask him if he has any texts i buy a book of herbology and then voss also has a notebook a medical text, the study of necrology. Oh, boy. Which I buy from him. Here we go. The Thick Plottens. Which I told the DM, Voss has gone through and changed every time necromancy is in there to necrology. Which makes it okay. <laughs> exactly. So I buy them from him. The rest of the party gets the hint, and they go to Voss to see if... Uh, you got some other MacGuffins. Yeah. So they ask Voss if he knows of any caravans. Voss is like, you know, like, 
Um, uh, memory's a little sure. foggy. So, Manolo pays him under the table eight copper. And um, I have a new thing with Voss, um, which the DM has approved of. So, I rolled a d20, and then I added a plus eight. The money you give him is going to be the modifier in your dice rolls on whether or not he's actually going to help you. I like that. I do, too. And the DM's like, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So I roll. You know, Voss is like, eh, you know, I, I know a couple caravans that are going out uh, out to Canterbury. And, you know, uh, come your brain early tomorrow morning. I'll see what I can do. Are you trying to look, to, you know... Just kind of hitch a ride, uh, or are you trying to look for work? And if you're trying to hitch a ride, how uh, how quiet do you think you could stay in an inf- enclosed space for about two weeks? <laughs> and the party at this point is like, no, we won't work. Uh-huh. And Voss is like, damn it. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, you heard tomorrow. Mm. Party decides, you know what? Okay. We're, uh, we're finally, we're finally not totally fucked because now we have horses and like wagons to ride on and yeah getting paid and fed exactly so you know that day ends where the doctor for the first time goes back with the rest of the party to their headquarters because the doctor doesn't want to you know get up early and they're kind of hounding the doctor for being late and they need to be there bright and early the next morning boy i can relate (laughs) so they, you know, the doctor comes back to their lodging. Manolo goes to bed pretty early. Um, they're having food and stuff outside. The doctor, you know, after coming back, goes to the corner, sits down with his back to the corner, and falls asleep sitting up, just, like, looking like he's watching them. Because he, is, he hasn't taken off his mask at this point. Right. And they can't see under it if his eyes are closed. The doctor doesn't sleep. He waits. Exactly. Patiently. <laughs> and party a little bit he oddly creeped He sees you out. when you're sleeping. <laughs> he knows when you're awake. Uh, I think that's what we can get away with anyway. Yeah. So, the rest of the party, they finally start to settle down. Lucas is, you know, making friend, trying to make friends with the dwarf. Dwarf is continuing his trope of not really talking to the party and just kind of like being a dwarf. Right. It's funny because he's kind of playing dwarves like they're a little bit snobby. Right. My uh, my thing is we haven't given him enough alcohol, which is how you get dwarves to be outgoing. Friendly. Yeah. Exactly. So party, you know, goes to sleep, slightly disturbed at the doctor's... Just watching, exactly. as far as they can tell. And, you know, they they all go to sleep. And now, a little while before this, Dean had messaged me. How interested is the doctor with crows? Uh-oh. I told him, straight up, it's about 50-50 whether or not he'll be on this same topic next week. But, <laughs> I don't know, if you start giving him something to go off of, the doctor will probably stay on it longer. And the DM's like, okay. Pulls me into a private room sleeping and you see a massive eye uh-huh Alrighty. and then you know it zooms out a little bit you know i'm i'm in a i'm in a dream okay and you, it zooms out a little bit and you see a giant head of a crow hmm. interesting it tilts its head at you and since we, I've started doing the head tilt mechanics, right? It, and he says it t- tilts its head at you at about 45 degrees and fluctuates kind of at a 60 to 45. So the doctor tilts his head at 45 degrees and fluctuates between a 50 and a 45. <laughs> Intrigued. And it caws at you. And the caw, like, echoes through your brain. So... I think for a moment. The doctor asks, what is crow? Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, roll charisma. 
fucking nat 18. Nice. You're getting an answer. It continues to call at me, but I nod in understanding. DM's like, D D it's just calling. The doctor knows what has been answered. <laughs> and, and DM gets a bit more concerned. <laughs> so more or less, the DM thought about my Heart of the Crows idea, and he mentioned to me, you know, what if, you know, you were to encounter a demon made out of crows? Oh boy. And I'm like, is, is it a good crow demon? And he's like, it's a crow demon. And I'm like, but crows are good because crow humors, they come after battle. They, you know, consume corpses to make sure, you know, that they don't rot on the battlefield. And I think they just come there because they're hungry, Jacob. It's crow humors. Sure. And, and they also ward that death is coming, which can be a good sign. Sure. In doctor terminology, and the DM's like, oh my god, doctor. Okay, okay but demon, Jacob. But I, I, doctor doesn't know that. It's the Lord of the Crows. Sure. It's the heart of the crows. Yeah. Great. So, I take 20 stress. Okay, I mean, it, doctor doesn't think it was a stressful dream, but I guess. <laughs> Doc thought it was rather pleasant. <laughs> doctor got to see crows. Doctor got to talk to someone interesting for once. Exactly. So I take 20 stress. Um, one of the party members who's finally logged on, and it's like two, two hours after we started at this point, you know, comes back from his like midnight like journey. He was off his character for the last couple of sessions and has been looking for mercenaries uh, to help with the revolution. So he comes back in the middle of the night, goes to sleep. Manolo wakes up a little bit before the doctor because he's, you know, trying to get up early. DM has him roll. I'm guessing to see if he can see the doctor, like, having a nightmare or something. Uh, of course he fails because the dice gods know that it wasn't a nightmare. Right. And also, nightmare or not, Doc's going to be sitting stock fucking still anyway. Exactly. The doctor wakes up at 6 a.m. sharp, as he always does. And, you know, Manolo, who's kind of seeing what the doctor is doing... How the doctor wakes up at 6 a.m., he just gets up from sitting, brushes himself off, goes and sits in the chair, and watches the party sleep. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, Manolo oddly freaked out. That's No, that's a reasonable yeah. response, Jacob. That sounds horrible. Decides to study a piece of... Something, you know, religious he had gotten from Voss the previous day. And I forgot to mention this, but while Manolo was meeting with Voss, Manolo had decided to ask Voss if he had any religious texts. <sighs> At this point, I asked Robert what his spoken languages in the world are, which he only knows one language, Imperial, which is like low Gothic. It's, it's the common tongue. It's the common tongue. So I sold him... A trade receipt in High Gothic, or High Imperial, that he has no idea what it says. It's, it's the, like, fancy church language of the world. You basically just handed him the Voynich Manuscript. But I also sold him a trade receipt of a bunch of, like, hookers or something along <laughs> those lines. Which the Holy Light is very against, but he's, like, and he has continued to roll every time he looks at this thing. That it is, like, the most holy... Like, it is a page out of the fucking original Bible yeah. itself. Mm -hmm. Well, not getting too much into this topic and dig into the Bible a little bit. There's whores everywhere, but going on. Moving on. And, and the funny thing is, like, I even rolled to see how well of a forgery it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, because it's Voss. Eight. And that was with my plus skills. Uh. He rolled a four... On his, on his initial detect of, like, what is it? So I won, even though I really shouldn't have. Right. So he he decides to, you know, continue his quest for the One True Light by studying a receipt. It's like written on a fucking napkin, too. <laughs> and the rest of the party starts to wake up. Oddly turned off that the doctor is sitting there completely still watching him from the table. Alrighty. 
people start to get up. Everyone gets up except the elf who came back the last night and is super tired. Doesn't wake up. The doctor decides to wake him up. Oh, no. Crouches next to the elf. Just starts to poke him with his index finger in the face repeatedly. (laughs) DM tells the elf, are you going to wake up? Oh, no. Am I going to take any negative modifiers because he got, like, no sleep the previous night? Right. The doctor's like, I can bring out, break out the smelling salts. The elf decides to get up. <laughs> Smart elf. Yep. Because if those didn't work, it would only escalate from there. Exactly. The doctor would assume, it's dead. Let's practice medicine. Let's learn some things. How do these elves work? Gets out the knives. The doctor, you know, changes the bandages on the intern's head and then leaves... And heads off to get his horse. And the party, assuming that the doctor just is going to meet him there, as he does, finally gets going, heads off. The doctor grabs his horse, beautiful black horse, yes, and rides to the square. I say, you see the doctor coming, and as he is riding past a peasant, he does kind of a cavalry attack with his doctor stick full wind up straight into the square of the back of a peasant who's completely unaware as he's riding by like a decent trot mm-hmm. and hits him square in the shoulders and fucking just tko tko <laughs> he goes straight into a fucking puddle of mud what do you hope is mud and then the doctor arrives on his steed which in a very good mood in a very good mood because that, that was just, just a home fucking run. That was just fucking beautiful. So we, we group together. We meet our, our you know, caravan leader, who is the most stereotypical Frenchman. Oh. And, the D, and the DM does a very good French accent. Oh, we live back He has that most, you know. Insufferable. 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 Hold a French accent. His name is Eric, except it is spelled with an A and a Y. Oh, he's the worst already. (laughs) Ah. And he continues. And see, I've noticed something about our DM. The more he drinks, the more fun it is to play. (laughs) Because at this point. It's usually the opposite, but I'll bite. Go on. At this point, he's like four beers in. Lightweight. About eight shots of Hennessy. Okay. And a bunch of Arnold Palmer spiked with vodka. And he starts to role play a lot more the more he drinks. So he's really going full ham on the back end. Yeah, it's fun to see him break out of his engineering shell. (laughs) So he is, you know, telling us. uh, Does he have the insufferable pencil mustache? Yes. Of course. And, and he is very light hair blonde. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the pencil mustache, um, baguette under one arm. Why? Because I said... Because uh, it's breakfast time. Because right? I found a stock image of what it was, and the DM just loved it <laughs> so much. He's like, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. Um, the, you know, the... We... We discuss our pay. It is going to be two copper per kilometer. That not is bad. Not fucking bad at all. It's like 1,600 copper. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Can pay for all sorts of indulgences with that. Exactly. Actually, what he said. Think of the war crimes, Jacob! Funny enough, Manolo was like. Of the exact same mindset? He, because Manolo's like wow, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, hey, Manolo, that's a lot of indulgences. And I'm like, that's like 16 indulgences. And the DM was like, oh, fucking God. Do you know how many mass graves you can pay for with indulgences like that? So, you know, the Lucas, the most charismatic man in the group, steps up to negotiate pay. He actually gets us 2.5 copper <laughs> per kilometer. Even more mass graves. Exactly. And, you know, he then he tries to start discussing with Manolo... Um, who's going to be, you know, taking the money at the end to manage. 
he rolls really well on his charisma. Manolo's telling him, no, I, you know, I have the money. And not wanting me to step in, he preemptively says, you know, I, since I'm party leader, I'm going to take a little bit more. But, you know, the doctor will also get paid handsomely. I'm like, okay, I, I no longer have any dogs in this fight. You guys, <laughs> you, guys you bought me off. You're on your own. Settle that out amongst yourself. He had the foresight to pay me off. Yeah. He knows you. <laughs> yeah. Because I was, I was getting ready to say something, and we've been playing with, like, cameras. So I'm just kind of sitting there, you know, like, smiling. And he says that. I'm just like, okay, have fun, guys. I'm sure he way over, overpaid you, too. He, he hasn't even discussed it yet. He's, He's going to. I know. He doesn't know you. Funny enough, the rest of the party agrees that the doctor should get paid more. And I'm guessing it's partially just because I'm the group healer at this point, and they want me to have in goodwill. They want, you to, they want to incentivize you. Exactly. And we, under, we have witnessed with our own eyes that you can be a horrible butcher. Please don't do that to us. Here's money. Exactly. And, you know, we start out on our journey, and we had decided to take the intern with us. The DM's like, you know she isn't doing, like, she has a massive head wound, right? <laughs> And we're, like, not really great for long-distance traveling. But that's the thing, is, like, interns, if they don't have something to do, they get hurt. Jacob was having something to do that got the intern hurt in the first place. You know, workplace hazards happen. That's mm -hmm. why I wear a hard hat. Note to self, I need to get some hard hats. <laughs> right. Get a, get a safety helmet. Intern, wear this. <laughs> and, and I forgot to mention about this. The Manolo has increasingly started to make the intern hate him more. Oh. And the reason this is, is, like I said, you know, the plot in the city is that we overthrow the government because they're super harsh against mages. Because it is like a theocratic state for the one true light. Right. Manolo has continued to champion, champion the one true light and continue to talk about it, which more or less is like an atrocity against wizards because they burn every like wizard and mage at the stake so the intern is sitting there like oh my fucking god like nearly vomiting while he's like talking about how like oh the one true light ah uh. so we, we start on our journey dm asks the party and this is a good thing to do you know do you want to role play the entire way there because we're gonna be it's gonna be like January before we finally finish this fucking you know the just the trip just getting there right so we have a couple party members arguing and I'm like how about this we don't fast forward to the end of the trip we don't role play the entire time we we put it on like a couple times speed right and something important happens you know we stop because the party was like one you know there's the people who want to role play more there's people who want you know, more, like, of the storyline, I'm just like, how about we have a middle ground? Yeah. Why not both? So we do that. And we continue out on the journey. The doctor, you know, riding with the rest of the party. People are starting to talk a little bit more because there's not a whole lot else to do. Right. Uh, Lucas actually starts to talk with, talk with the intern, who, because he notices she's very uncomfortable... She's got a horrible head wound and is in the presence of someone who wants to exterminate her kind. I'd be a little uncomfortable yeah. too, Jacob. And it doesn't help that, like, every time they stop, Manolo tries to talk to her about the one true light <clears throat> and always tries to sit next to her. And she's gotten very good at, like... Being elsewhere. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. So, you know, Lucas has mentioned this and he, he talks to her. And it is like opening on Pandora's box because... Oh. She's like, so you don't really it like all went downhill after that night. <laughs> and she's talking about the night we kidnapped her. I mean, in her defense, it did kind of go a little downhill for her at that point. Yeah, because he's like... Like, she's got valid complaints, Jacob. And and he was like, well, how did you even get here if you hate the party? And she's like, well, I signed up to join the revolution, and I didn't expect... They'd make a special request for me. <laughs> Lucas, who's at this point, is like, I have already crossed a line and I should, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> kind of steps off. The doctor, you know, is overhearing this, but he is reading a book of herbology while on a horse. Manolo is studying a receipt for whores. <laughs> and 
he wants to respond and bring up the one true light again but the dm's like if you respond to this you no longer get that study xp because <clears throat> you get a little xp for studying he decides not to say anything smart choice yeah we continue we you know we camp we set up watch we do the normal thing we continue we're starting out on the journey and that's pretty much where we've left off um the journey begins uh, again yeah towards towards like one of the last couple things um we're we're on watch <clears throat> the previous so we we set it up into three watches the doctor has the earliest watch you know because he gets up the earliest what, 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 no at the way he sleeps they just prop him up against the tree and he's presumably on watch all night yeah anyone comes in trying to stir up trouble they just see that sitting up against the tree be like nope Wrong camp. Gonna go see what the next caravan's doing. Fuck that. I don't know what that is. I don't want to find out. It looks like it beats peasants. I don't want to know. And since we're getting close to, like, our 1 a.m. cutoff, the DM doesn't... I, I, I can tell the DM doesn't want to do a fight encounter. You know, <laughs> second watch, one of them gets... The, the like, the two people who rolled. The first one doesn't roll too well, doesn't see anything. Second guy, he... The funny thing is, he rolled a 1... For if he sees anything, roll a 20 to see if he smells anything. Right back to back. Oh. Because he rolled two dice. Because Deem's been having... He has, like, a skill that lets him, like, enhance smell or something. Right, he's blind as a bat, but he's got a nose like a bloodhound, huh? Exactly. Deem's like, you don't smell... and you, you know, you smell everything, but you don't smell anything off. Okay. Next watch, it's the doctor. I roll a 20. So, at this point, we've had 1, 20, 20. And... He's like, you don't see anything. I mean, you're you're hyper vigilant. I'm like, John, and to the rest and everyone else in the party, the DM is lying to us. The dice gods know that there is something out in those goddamn fucking woods. I'm telling you, there is something out there. And and like previously on this watch, you know, Lucas, the the Irishman, had seen some wolves and he had charged off into the fucking woods, yelling and waking up everyone in the party. The doctor had kind of emptied some leech juice water all over his you know bedroll because he'd waken him up <laughs> and there was nothing actually going on that's so delightfully passive aggressive i love it and i said i empty just enough so it's ever so slightly moist like like you it's just a little there's a little squish yeah not a big one just a little like it's 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 like when you wake up and you've been sweating all night because it's been really hot and it's just like it's just a little bit uncomfortably foggy yeah um like so Nothing's sticking to you. It's just like we'd already heard the Irishman gone gone off and yelling. And I'm like, the doctor knows that there's something in the fucking woods, and the DM's like, there's nothing in the goddamn woods. I'm like, you are lying. The dice gods have fucking spoken. So get me to quiet down. He's like, you've been so hyper vigilant. You were able to read and study your book while on while on shift. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> He's like, I'm not, I don't want to fight. So we continue. We get to the first town. Um, the doctor has noticed that it is uncomfortably healthy. And oh, we, boy. And they had looked on, like, the trade board, because we're going to be resting there for two days, and there's a quest for some to kill some giant bulbous spiders. Aha. Uh -huh. So, that's kind of where we left off. You know, Manolo was gung-ho to do the quest. The doctor... I'm. Is kind of interested because he's pretty sure that the spiders are absorbing all the bad humors in the town because spiders and toads absorb bad humors. So if there's giant bulbous spiders, they're probably absorbing all the humors and making this village super healthy. Naturally so. Exactly. It's ripe for good peasant beating if they're all healthy, though. Yeah, true. But bad for making sweet medieval Bitcoin. True. True. That's, that's kind of where we've left off. You've left off on what could possibly go wrong, and there are just so many answers to that question, Jacob. Because until I thought of the spider theory about them absorbing it, my kind of current plan was just to burn the city to the ground <laughs> for being witches, like, in the middle of the They're night. They're clearly just... using witchcraft to stay this healthy. There's no way this is natural. Yeah, and I was like... So I'm and there's to... no witch archers to be found nearby, so the duty falls to me as the doctor. The nearest medical professional, I diagnose the city <laughs> and treat it appropriately. Which would probably make the intern really hate me. Yeah! Yeah! Mass arson slash murder slash war crimes tend to do that, Jacob. 
Which is funny because at this point I've been treating her every day and changing her bandages and she's, because I've been rolling so well, I have a plus seven to any doctoring skill I do. Ah. So it's like, oh, I, I roll, you know, a fucking 14. Well, at 21 now. And that's, because that's the thing. I've like min-maxed my doctor to be able to doctor extraordinary. Whatever he does, he, he does it without fail sort because of Because he doesn't want to be a doctor. He, he wants, wants to be the the doctor. best doctor. I mean, he might he won't go out of his way to be the only doctor, but he wants to be the doctor. There'll be other doctors, but he'll be the doctor. Sorry, exactly. The doctor. The doctor. The doctor. And but you know the giant bulbous spider theory. You know it's starting to make sense to me, and I thought about that. I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's pull this thread. I'm still flying completely by my fucking this. You know, seat of your cloak. Seat of my cloak, but. Well, we'll do something interesting next session. Yeah. Oh, boy. And as I mentioned before, nobody in the group is allowed to say witch or warlock because those are the only two trigger words the doctor has. <laughs> that is what causes him to start to burn shit down. <laughs> you can say wizard. You can say mage. The doctor, do like, whatever. I don't, Indifference. You know, it, what? I don't, you they're, just, they're just crazy bookish people. But you say witch or warlock. Though, and yeah. things get b real Barney real quick. In fact, in the fucking faction we have against the Empire, they Oof. they have made it a rule. You don't call anyone a witch or a warlock. You can say wizard. You can say mage. Just just don't say those words because we just watched him burn, have him have a city block burned down because someone was a witch. But we've been talking about you know wizards and mages here and. He, hasn't he's sitting there completely indifferent. Hasn't batted the eyelashes he presumably has under that mask. Exactly. Which is pretty amusing. I like playing the doctor like that because the doctor just assumes mages are kind of like, you know, nerds, scientists or something trying to figure something out. Yeah. yeah Which yeah. is, th those are fucking evil. Of, of, of the fucking Burn devil, the witch. devil. Burn the witch. Exactly. I like it. Yes. It's been fun bit happened and i'm excited to see what happens i hope the lord of crows comes up again soon i'm sure you will jacob this seems like it's going to be a recurring thing i do too i'm more excited to write the theory of crow <laughs> yeah because i've started work on a, a grand theory of crow of course you have it's gonna be a bestseller <laughs> uh-huh all right yeah but that's pretty much all I have. That'll do it for another tale of the doctor. Yeah. Well, mighty shield bearers, thank you all once again for listening. And where you have, wherever you are listening to us too, be it iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Podcast, wherever, don't forget to subscribe if you are not subscribed already. And if you have any suggestions for future topics other than the doctor for either general nerd sense, loose brews, or lore council, head on over to our Facebook page, Shield Wall Productions on Facebook.com, or... Or hit us up on Twitter at the official SWP if you have any ideas for the Z-Doctor, if you have any crazy whims you want me to try out, or if you have any ideas on how to better practice medicine, or perhaps just want to shoot the shit and talk, I'm more than happy to do that as well. But until next time, Shield Bearers, that'll do it. So until next time, see ya!